here in the back. Hello. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Now they'll turn me off. Good morning, everyone. I have a little bit of an irritation here, but it's um, um, some allergies. So turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24, and the title is The Answer and the Question. Um, it's kind of goofy to start with the answer and then ask the question, so I'll try to turn it around a little bit, but um, there is a question that's asked here and a couple places. I'm going to try to answer those this morning because you see it has to do with this. When Barabbas came out of this, and Jesus cut in line and said, Rabbis, you're free. He wasn't, Jesus wasn't actually there, but Jesus went down, and they continued to beat him, continued to flog him, and then they nailed him to the cross. That is serious business. And they did that because of one thing, and we've heard it talked about it, and the music talks about it. They did that because we were sinners, and somebody... Us or somebody had to pay the penalty for our sins. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so Jesus went, was nailed on the cross. All the sins were placed upon him, and he paid the penalty. He was holy and perfect and God. And God died so that we might have eternal life. Isn't that amazing? That is absolutely amazing. And then, as uh, Luke has done and others have tried to do, God just didn't leave us with an idea of what to say or how to say it or where to find people or anything like that. The Lord was working, just like he did with the two blind guys coming down out of Jericho. Lord, give us sight. He gave them sight so they could see the miracles that were going to happen. The Lord wants us to see. The Lord wants us to be. The Lord wants us to be enjoy, you know, connected with him. And that's what he says here in this passage. Let me just read a little bit from Luke 24, 13 to 32. Really, the text should say, do you believe in Easter? Do you believe in Easter? Now, now, everybody here believes in Easter. I know that because you came in here and you're, you came back to see what foolish thing I was going to do this week. But no, I left that to Gail. <laughs> He'll kill me later. But have you given any thought uh, since we had our walkthrough? We walked through the door. We signified that we had been freed, we accepted the fact that the Lord Jesus cut in line and went before us, we accepted the fact that he climbed up on that cross and allowed them to beat him, uh, nails into his hands and feet, and then we came to a place where hopefully you went home that night or you went home one day during this week or you just went to your favorite coffee shop and were sitting there thinking. What does that really mean to me? Am I really faithful in my belief in Easter? Am I really? 
Dr. Sproul, a, a famous pastor, he had these words to say about thinking about Easter. He says, foundational thinking cares about the difference between truth and falsehood because it cares about good and evil. The ancient mask maxim still applies. The unexamined life is not worth living. To any serious thinker, and especially to a professing Christian, an unexamined life is not an option. What Dr. Sproul was saying is if you know this, <coughs> oh my goodness, I'm sorry. That's not going to work, is it? Huh? Okay. That was louder than Gail, though. So a thinking man would go home, take the knowledge that he has, take things that he had heard, the images in his mind, and think through them. Do I fit what we heard this morning? Do I fit in that place? Have I come out of the bondage of sin and came into the salvation Christ offered? And that's really something to take, uh, take consideration for because that's the eternal question. There was a philosopher named Sartre. He was a Frenchman. I probably pronounced his name wrong, Sartre, but he was a thinking man, but he couldn't get beyond himself. He was a, a man who didn't believe in Easter, and for him, all of life's questions had been answered, except one. For him, he couldn't understand, or he couldn't answer the question, why he didn't just kill himself. He was empty, no hope, nothing to drive him forward. And some of us might be there today or have a way like that. I was a young man driven to find Christ or find God. My family I grew up in, they didn't hate church. They just didn't go. Um, my dad was a Baptist. My mother was a Methodist. So we compromised. We stayed home. My mom did say loud terms vocally, I am not a Catholic whatever that means, uh, but they didn't answer that question of life for me. I went to Vietnam with the St. Michael's Medal. I read the horoscope faithfully, and I looked for God in different places, and I, I never found him. So these people, two of them, on the road to Emmaus, it says, starting in chapter 24, verse 13, and behold, two of them were going, and, and we know from uh, Matthew, I believe it is, that, he, that Cleopas had a wife, and the wife was with Mary and the other ladies at the foot of the cross. So I, I would just say that if this is the same Cleopas, he and his wife were going home, or they were going someplace that they were known. And it says, that very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. And while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him, and he said to them, What is this conversation you are holding with each other as you walk? They stood still and looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem 
who does not know the things that have happened here and that have happened there in these days? He didn't know and he didn't recognize Jesus, but he said, are you the only one that doesn't have a clue what's going on? And of course he's not because he was the only one that was hanging on the cross. He could have answered that question, but he didn't. Who cares about my problems? My something like that. There was a question asked. They wanted to know, are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who doesn't know what happened? And you come in here and, and maybe you have processes in your life, things that are going on, and you're the only one that knows, and you think, how can it be that they don't know what I'm, I'm going through? How, do they, how can they not know? Because we don't know you. We haven't talked to you. Did anyone really have any answers about what Jesus was thinking or what he was doing or how he got there and didn't know what was going on? If that is the answer, then we are left to do it on our own. There is no God. If God is dead, if he was the one they wanted to believe in, and he's not there anymore, the best they can do is celebrate Easter with some eggs, some candy, some great food. It doesn't require any thinking. It just requires not having any satisfaction, not having a plan for the future, not having a sense of hope. Period is nothing to look forward to, spending eternity with a punctuation mark. That's what it is. If he's dead and every, all of our dreams have gone away, what we have. What we have is nothing, no hope, no future, no, no plan for what's going to happen. Jesus is dead. He was the one we put our hope in. Beloved, I'm just going to say to you right now, why would they know him and live with him and work with him all those three years and suddenly think it was over, period, no more? Why? Aren't we that way? We are that way, and I could mention some things that would get everybody up in arms and we'd be fighting and wrestling and all that kind of stuff. But When Jesus comes and says, he will never leave me, he will never forsake me, and I should not fear for he is with me, don't try to frighten me with a, a disease. Don't try to frighten me with financial struggles. Don't try to frighten me with something else because God says he's got me in his hand. Let's read the next part of the passage. The question mark was there, or the period was there. And Jesus asked a few questions. He said, what things? And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, the man who uses a prophet, who was a prophet, mighty indeed. <laughs> if you want me to stop, I will. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to the sentence of death and crucified him. You guys, just take a minute and pray that God would heal my throat. And they were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, it was the third day since these things had happened. 
but also some women had gone to the tomb and they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who were with us went, who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women also had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, well, he didn't say anything to them right there, but you could tell from the conversation that they were amazed at how little the stranger knew about what was going on, and they were getting more discouraged. <coughs> what we have, we have a situation in our country where we are supposed to be discouraged, and we, we couch that. I'm sorry. We couch that behind the curtain of, well, Jesus said in Romans uh, 12, no, it wasn't Romans 12, it was Romans 8. No, it wasn't Romans 8. It was somewhere in there that we were to obey the governor. Right? Well, we are to obey the governor. We're to obey all the things. In fact, I got my tax form, and even I just filled out our tax form for the state of Maine that we have to take it to them. Oh, I got one over here. Oh, this is good stuff. It's got, oh, Earth's perfect water. Ooh. Mm, thank you, Wayne. And so he asked them the question. And they said, wait a minute. We thought he was going to be the one. We thought he was going to take care of everything. And today's the third day, and <coughs> he was going to rebuild the temple in three days. And they were at the tomb, and the ladies, the women, saw the angels, and these angels said, Jesus is alive. Why are you here? And today in our society, with so much technology and so much TV and so many everything, it's hard for us to read a story like this and even try to put it together in our minds. What was Jesus doing? Jesus was allowing the story to be told because he wanted us to know that sometimes there are people in our midst that believe he died, period. And then sometimes they, we can ask a question or they'll ask us a question. If somebody asks you a question about Jesus, it's because God the Spirit has prompted them to ask the question. And what you're supposed to do next is answer the question or try to answer it. And you're not, and you're not, <laughs> Jason is having a hard time laughing. You're not supposed to try to ignore it. God appointed that time and that moment for us to talk about Jesus. So talk about him. Right? That's what we do. We, we talk about Jesus. And if they think we're stupid, that's okay because we're going to show them that we're not and we're going to do it by talking about the Word of God. And so the next passage we see <laughs> I'll tell you what happened to me one time. I went into a, a conference room had two partners in a very successful construction company business, and they announced that when we got our little meeting started that they didn't need me anymore. 
They wanted me to move out of my office by noon because after lunch they were going to have the locks changed in the building. Now that was um, startling. That was worse than Gail yelling, Jesus is alive. And that meant that I couldn't take care of my wife and my daughter and another daughter that was coming and all this was going on. And then and two months later, I'm sitting in the coffee shop at Denny's, one of the regular choking pukes that we go to in Alaska. And the man's giving his testimony because he knew what to do. I am just dying. You are a very patient group. I'm glad you didn't come in here with any armament. Chuck, you don't have anything, do you? No. <clears throat> You're a very patient group. And he said, I never found purpose in my life. He was the president of this national organization, and he was the president of this state organization, and he was the chief lawyer. He had led his company to defeat or to uh, win in front of the Alaska Supreme Court three times. And he said, none of that ever gave me the sense of accomplishment that I came to when I found, I met a man named Jesus Christ. He was walking with me. Walking to Emmaus and sitting down in a coffee shop called Denny's. It's the same thing. Jesus wants us to talk to people about them. There's no period. There's a question mark. And the question mark points to the cross. We have to sooner or later get to the cross. We can't just love them so much and expect them to come into the kingdom on our love. We have to let our words by faith comes by hearing, Lade, and hearing by the word of Christ. That's what we have to do. That's what Jesus is pointing out here. Don't just go someplace and hide. Don't just do that. The Bible, there is more uh, material authenticating the Bible than any other book in any library. And it will tell you exactly what it told me. Hey, you're a sinner and you need Christ. Jesus wasn't playing with them. He was just trying to draw out their thoughts. He wanted them to think if you have questions, where have you heard some of these answers before? And how do you deal with the cross? You, he said to them, and he said to them, starting in verse 23 or 25, and he said to them, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. In all the scriptures. He, he went back. One of my favorite psalms is Psalm 37. Anybody have that memorized? No, I don't either. Psalm 37. Let me just read you a few things that Jesus probably hit on. He said, My soul will make its boast in the Lord. Verse 2, Psalm 34. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. Oh, humble, the humble will hear it and rejoice. They were talking about the humble in the Sunday school class this morning. 
they weren't saying, what is, what is the problem here? We hear it, but we don't humble ourselves to take it. Magnify the Lord with, his, with me. And let us exalt his name. Psalm 34, but that's not what I'm looking for. 37, come here. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will do it. And he will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. Cease anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil doing. The wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes at him with his teeth. <laughs> and the Lord laughs. For he sees his day is coming. That's the way he, the Lord went back and started all in the Old Testament and started telling him everything in the Old Testament that speaks of him. And he was disappointed that, and he shouldn't have been probably, but he was disappointed in them because they had not connected the dots. Uh, the serpent will bruise you on the heel, but you will bruise him on the head way back in Genesis. He didn't connect that dot. And Jesus points out that the Christ had to suffer all these things and enter his glory. Not just resurrection, but resurrection to live in the presence of God, which is the place of glory. Here's the problem, one of the problems. The Bible tells us of the cross. The, the Bible tells us that the cross is the answer to all of our questions of life, about life. From the cross, our sins were paid for. The penalty was we are no longer under condemnation from God. The answer to all our questions are in a brief and simple passage right here. So what do we do with the cross? We can go back and keep asking questions or we could just say, well, that's an old story. That's an old story. Some people come in here on Christmas and Easter and they miss the middle. You can believe that Jesus is who he said he was who the Bible says he is, and you can be saved. <coughs> I want to find, finish this passage. It starts in verse 28. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going further, but they urged him strongly to saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now spent. So he went in to stay with them, and when he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it, and it probably wasn't his right to do that. But after all, he was still Jesus, right? He took the bread and blessed it and gave it to them, and their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while, we talked, while he talked to us on the road, while he opened up the scripture? Beloved, what he did then was amazing. My heart would burn. I hope your heart would burn. 
And I apologize for being sick today, but when we hear, we come under the hearing of the word of God, it should change us. It should fill us with something different. It should make what we do every day of the week or part of the week more significant because we do all things to the glory of the one who died. And I just, I believe that that's what we do. I'm not going to let somebody tell me I have, and I didn't. And I'm not going to go back there because I love you too much. But we do not have <coughs> to worship in silence. We do not have to go underground in our country. We are Christians. And I obey the governor until my governor tells me to do something that my king has told me already to do. Or he's told me not to do something. And these two people, Cleopas and probably his wife, but not confirmed in the Bible, they were sitting there at dinner and he breaks the bread and bingo, there they are. Wow. Jesus. And then he really does a surprise. He disappears. What did they do? They got up, went back to town to tell everybody, I've just seen Jesus. He is alive. Wow. And they were dancing and they were having fun. I don't know. We're not Baptists, are we? What? Come on, Dan, you can play the song, right? They were just excited. And they couldn't keep the word to themselves. They had to take the word and give it to those even those like you, I'm giving you the word. Most of you already know the word. They are beating feedback to Jerusalem, go see the apostles and everybody that already knew that. And can you imagine when Cleopas started teaching them what the Lord had taught him from the Old Testament? Wow. They immediately gave him a title, Dr. Cleopas. That's what we're supposed to do. Go tell him. Go say something. Sometimes we do it in a lot of different ways, but all the ways we can do it are most of the time approved. After the resurrection, Jesus himself demonstrated how to do this. And the thing with the bread, you know, table manners. I've eaten with some of you. Some of you have got good table manners. He demonstrated Christ. He demonstrated God. He demonstrated everything because he did it in order and he did it in a proper way and they could not resist. That's my Lord. That's Jesus. We sit with people that are friends here and we get ready to eat the meal or have some meal. We Around the table we hold hands because we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And that makes a statement to those who are not with us who don't know Jesus. <laughs> so this has been kind of an abrupt, miserable representation of that text. But that text is so important, so I want you to go back. Please, don't do it for me. Do it for you. Read it again. Read what they thought. It was the end. No hope. They had tons of questions. 
That means they still wanted to know. And Jesus answered them. The word of God came. And they gave their lives to Christ. I bet they were soul winning people. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back. This worship team is really getting better, isn't it? Somebody's going to try to steal them from us. Especially that little guy that plays the drums back there. But the one thing that Jesus could have said <coughs> from the cross is, he said to them, God, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And when they accepted that forgiveness, when they believed in Jesus Christ, the centurion and whoever else, he said to them, you are redeemed. You're not going to go there anymore. You are redeemed. We are redeemed, right, Dane? That's right. That's Is that a right. cue? Huh? Is that a cue? Yeah, well, that was a setup. <laughs> You're not supposed to give my secrets away, you know what I'm saying? Oh. So let's just stand now, and we're going to sing that little last chorus of that song, remembering that Jesus paid it all, all to him we owe. On the road to Emmaus, with two people who couldn't figure it out, he showed them exactly what they needed to know. Let's sing.